Hello and welcome. My name is Tim. My name is Axial. And my name is Herfy Durfy. And the name of this podcast is Go Mode, A Link to the Past Randomizer Podcast. Uh, I would like to officially welcome my two co-hosts to 2019. Um, I've been here for an episode, and now I'm welcoming the two of you. So welcome to 2019. Happy um, New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year to both of you. Um, so what has been up with you guys? Uh, again, you know, we we did an episode, and then we took a week off, and then did another episode. We did that again, so it feels like it's been way too long since we've talked so i'm i'm interested to know what you guys have been up to uh well i uh the reason i was not in the last episode is i was traveling the world and uh took a very very nice trip to berlin and to prague which if anyone has not had a chance to go there uh, you should go and if you live in berlin or prague you have a very nice city and i really enjoyed myself so you were kind of out sort of in, in Herf's area, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, kind of. I mean, still a good, I don't know, six-hour drive if you're fast away, I'd say, around about that. But yeah, at least in, you know, the general area. Yeah. Certainly closer than he's ever been before. That is true. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I could legitimately donate to GDQ and say greetings from Germany, and it wouldn't be a meme. The dream. The dream. <laughs> it's really not all it's cracked up to me, I have to tell you guys. Yeah. I don't know. I had some great food while I was there. So, uh, you know, hats off to, you know, German sausage making because it's delicious. Mm. Yeah, we're actually getting ready. My fiance and I are getting ready to go to Germany ourselves in about four months. So <laughs> we'll, we'll all be in the uh, German soil club where we could all say we've, we've stood on German soil before. <laughs> yeah welcome welcome to germany i guess <laughs> yeah um so ax i can't imagine you were able to play a whole lot of rando while you were traveling the I, world you know i uh, to, yeah. i really couldn't uh you know i thought about maybe trying to pull something together on the airplane but it's uh you know kind of cramped so didn't yeah. happen that's completely understandable um what about you herf what's been going on well, I mean, uh, I haven't really been, uh, you know, on exciting adventures like X here. I've spent most of my Christmas holiday, I would call it, uh, I had two weeks off at home. I um, started a New Game Plus playthrough of Persona 5, which I enjoyed nice. a whole lot. Uh, that was a ton of fun. Uh, I had some emergencies come up, which was why I wasn't present in the last episode. Unfortunately, I really tried to be there, but uh, stuff went a little crazy over here. But uh, things are sorted out now. And, uh, yeah, that's been it. I've been back at work, unfortunately, starting this week, which has been horrible and awful, and I wish I was still off work for another unlimited amount of weeks. <laughs> but that's how it goes. You just described work as unfortunate. I think that's my new way to refer to work. It's, you know, it's it's just unfortunate. It is, it's, yeah. It's a terrible mistake that has happened. <laughs> you, just, you have to do it for some reason, so... Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I've been uh, steadily just kind of playing rando at, you know, sort of a one a week kind of frequency. That's normally about where I am, and I've, I've been more or less keeping that up. Um, felt like my last couple runs have been pretty solid. I've been uh, doing better on execution, making better decisions about, um, you know, safeties and when to take them and when to maybe leave them, and ultimately, you know, just kind of playing better as a result. I've, I've been thinking recently, though, I've, I've got to start watching more. I, it's been a while since I've sat down and just watched a full race. And uh, in my opinion, that's really how you get better. 
So um, I definitely want to try to watch more races in 2019 um, just because I think it helps with ex- execution, which reminds me. Uh, so so in the last episode, uh, we talked a little bit by we, I mean myself, I guess, to <laughs> two people that I couldn't hear. But uh, we talked about rando resolutions and, and I listed a few things that I want to be able to say that I was able to do by the end of 2019. And so I wanted to ask you guys, you know, on the air here, what are your rando resolutions for 2019? Oh, that's an excellent question. I mean, I would say, given that, uh, you know, real life has sort of intervened, um, <clears throat> you know, in the past few months, and I'm, you know, planning a wedding now, uh, I would like to just get back to regularly playing, uh, because I went from maybe a one or two seat a week guy to a, you know, I'll catch a couple minutes of a match here and there to when I was in, you know, Germany and uh, the Czech Republic, I didn't see any rando. So I, uh, you know, I'm starting to feel the rando itch and I, I would like to just get to playing at least once a week. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, as boring as it might sound, but it's kind of the same for me. I really like we've had that channel rando resolutions uh, on our discord for a little while now. And uh, ever since its inception, I think you thought of that, Tim, and put it there originally. Um, mm-hmm. Ever ever since that happened, I've been thinking, well, what would my random resolution for 2019 be? And I think I really haven't been able to come up with anything interesting or good. Like, there's no strategies I want to sit down and learn, and there's no you know, bomb jump that I can do or whatever else there is. There's like a ton of things like I could finally sit down and learn the spooky glitch from Meyer, which uh, I'm sure we'll we'll get to at some point. But I'm just, I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to end up just me getting back into the groove. I've really been off the rando lately, if you want to call it that. (laughs) Sounds like a drug, which it can be, but, you know. (laughs) For for some of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, but I've really, I've not watched anything. I've The the only contact point that I've really had with Rando was me admining the tourney, which I've tried to keep up on and have slacked a little bit, I have to admit. But, you know, I really want to get back into watching more, playing more myself, really, you know, get back to the form I was at at one point because I've really, my execution has really suffered, even though I don't like to admit that. yeah i mean that's gonna happen with anything you know any kind of sport or you know like learning an instrument for for example it's like Mm -hmm. if you don't do it for a while like you retain the knowledge which is why we're able to you know talk about it here and i still love to talk about it um but you know if you don't keep if you don't keep up with that then it's it like you say it's going to uh it's going to falter and you know ultimately I think the better you get at execution, it can kind of increase your enjoyment of the game. And when you kind of take a step back like that and your execution isn't what it used to be, it can be harder to, you know, feel that initial sort of sense of, um, you know, enjoyment or excitement or rush that you did from it before. So that that definitely makes sense to me in terms of, you know, having a having a resolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I actually, you know, to that point, I think probably those first few matches back, you're going to have a lot of, a lot make it a lot easier to tilt because you're gonna say like oh man you know i used to be able to do spooky glitch or ice palace mm-hmm. bomb jump or whatever no problem and now i'm really struggling with it what the hell like i i know i don't suck but uh mm-hmm. in related to that idea of uh avoiding tilt i actually um you know because you're on the airplane for so long between the united states and germany 
uh, had a chance to read some books and found a really interesting tidbit in one of them. It's a book about how to survive disasters, uh, which uh, <laughs> is a good, good book to read. Yeah, yeah very, kind very of a fitting thing for Rando, right? <laughs> a very <laughs> ominous start, but um, they had a section where they talk about, you know, how do you, you know, you know, what sort of things can people do to kind of put themselves in a good position for surviving a disaster, whether it's, you know, a plane crash or even just like a, a little disaster, like, oh man, like, you know, I was going to make this really nice dinner and now it got all burnt and ruined. Like, how do I calm down? And they talked about how really we don't have much control over our, you know, the way our body reacts to things with one exception. And that exception is our breathing rate, because you know, when you breathe, you will either breathe automatically or you can control it. And if you try to physically take control of your breaths by doing, you know, breathing exercises, you can actually alter your mood and calm yourself down. And uh, this will work for kind of anything, whether, you know, this is why, you know, when women are, are, you know, going through childbirth, they teach all those, you know, breathing exercises because it can help with the, you know, pain and stress of childbirth. They tell people if, you know, you're going to, if you're in like a, they tell firefighters, you know, right before you go into a fight a fire, do these breathing exercises because then you won't panic when you're in the fire. But uh, even though Rando is not nearly as serious as childbirth <laughs> or fighting fires, um, it can really help if you are starting to notice you are getting really nervous, getting tense, getting tilted. And in fact, it can, you know, this could really help you guys out too because they also talked with a psychologist who said yeah you know when your heart rate gets above like 130 140 beats per minute there's actually a noticeable decline in your cognitive reasoning you know you can still run or talk or whatever but if you're trying they had people basically doing like logic problems and had them like running on a treadmill and they mm -hmm. noticed they got way worse at doing the logic problems when they their heart rates got really elevated. And since Rando is such a cerebral game, you know, if you go on tilt and you're getting really anxious and really nervous, your heart rate could spike. And then all of a sudden your decision-making or your execution could get a lot worse. So uh, I guess this isn't really a Rando resolution, but a Rando interesting tip I found in an unexpected place is <laughs> consider learning some, you know, deep breathing exercises, you know, so do like a... And it sounds kind of hokey and, uh, you know, eye roll inducing, but it really does work. They have scientific evidence. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely believe that. And I, I love all of the parallels that playing rando has to, you know, like you mentioned, something that athletes do or something you can just do throughout your life, you know, and, and I think it kind of goes both ways, too. You can take or at least I've been doing this, you know, take your experiences from Rando and find things that help you get through the game and even kind of imply, you know, apply that to your real life. You know, like patience, I think is a really big one. Um, you know, taking time to improve on something that needs improvement, like a specific glitch or something like that. Um, you know, you can take those kinds of uh, lessons and, and apply them to, to your life. And, you know, to your point, you can take things that are advice about life and absolutely apply them to when you sit down and play rando. So, you know, it's on, on a surface level, you know, this is a mod of a game and, you know, a hobby and we do a podcast about it. But I don't know. I think it's a it can be, you know, a bigger a bigger part of everything if, if you just kind of look at it more holistically. And I, 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 lo I love that, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes from the competitive aspect that it has to. Like, you know, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of differences in how you can make it competitive. I don't mean necessarily to like, you know, be in a tournament or get far in a tournament. Even if it's just casual races on SRL or casual races on a Discord or just if you're even just comparing your item collection rate or your end time in the seed with someone else in a forums post or whatever. There's always, you know, that little bit of I want to be better than the other guy or I want to, you know, be in the top 10 or something like that. So really, as soon as the competitive aspect of it comes into it, it it all starts affecting your body and your mind in a different way than if you were just sitting down trying to complete a seed by yourself or, you know, the fun of it. That's so true. Yeah, the comp- the competitive aspect of it is is huge. And I think that's also, it's cool that it, it is competitive, but people are still so welcoming and friendly at the same time. Um, but there is always absolutely, you know, the time matters like that, you know, it's something to work towards and it's very, uh, you know, it's very quantitative. It's very easy to see, okay, you can sort of measure your skill at the game by, you know, how quickly did you do this compared to others? And that's really satisfying too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, as a a former runner in a past life who, uh, you know, would go out and run like, you know, five kilometers and under, you know, 19, 20 minutes, uh, you have kind of a similar mentality in running groups as I, I've seen in Rando where, yeah, you're all competing against each other, but people would, you know, take, you know, you go aside and somebody be like, oh, you know, X, like, you know, I noticed when you're running, like, you're not moving your arms necessarily the right way. Like, try moving like this. It might make it a little easier. And, uh, you know, same way that people will, you know, you'll race against me, talk after, and then they might be like, oh, yeah, you know, like, tip, I noticed, like, you know, when you try to do your, uh, you know, your hover you know you're not really getting the input sequence correct maybe try altering it up like this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and i'll be honest like my first instinct when someone tries to correct me is like Ugh. you know like what, what are you talk- <laughs> like like mind your own stay in your own lane like mind your own beeswax but i think that's another lesson that i've, I've learned and tried to you know kind of adapt to my life is you know it's good to listen and and try to improve and accept that you know other people have have information that can help you and and that's why they're telling you is they're trying to help you so yeah wow this got really uh you know (laughs) it got really really big picture um (laughs) this this is this is awesome i do want to make sure that we talk about some of the things that have been going on at rando it's it's been sort of slow since the beginning of the year um a little event you, you may have heard of called agdq is going on actually right now as we record this on uh, Saturday the 12th. Yep. Um, so that has put a pause to the fall tournament. Um, but let's still, let's go ahead and check out our challenge, take a look at the events because uh, we do have uh, quite a few updates to some of the things we were talking about before. Um, yeah, so right now if you look at the, uh, you know, the big, <clears throat> the big, big tournament, the big one that's been going on since the fall, um, just like Tim said, we are in sort of a, a pause holding pattern because there are lots of people who are at uh, Awesome Games Done Quick 2019, mm-hmm. and uh, there's lots of you know rando fans who are taking time off to watch it and, and donate and participate. Uh, like you know, I know I have been watching a lot. I don't want to speak for my my co-host, but so looking at the leaderboard, um, we are basically down to the top eight. There is uh, one match that still needs to be resolved, and that's. Uh, Bonta versus uh, Willard J. Bradley, but otherwise our uh, our finalists are uh, Kyong92, 
Um, no surprise there. Yep. Although yep. Kyung has has lost a match uh, in the first round, uh, Nin Taylor did take one, so that streak yeah. has ended. But um, very impressive. Uh, and then we got. Uh, and I apologize if I butcher any of these pronunciations. You can tell me how to properly pronounce them in the uh, the comments and Discord. Uh, but Fur Furami Fur Furami. I'm um, I'm going with Furame, but who knows? Uh, Furame. Yeah. Okay. Fure I feel like I knew at one point, but now I don't know anymore. Yeah. So Furame is uh, going to play Andy in the quarterfinals. Uh, Andy taking down Blaine two nothing, and Furame taking down in the name of DT two nothing. Um, that that should be a, a a good match. Although I don't know much. Um, I mean, I'm just saying. Pretty much, it, you're in the quarterfinals. These are going to be some of your top competitors. These are all going to be very good matches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and of course, before we were talking about a potential Blaine versus Andy matchup, that did come to pass. They played the, they played it out, and Andy won both of them. Um, so that's how that went down. That's you know, Speaking of watching races, like, I hate that I, I didn't catch them. And, and, you know, I think when I finally do watch a race, I'll probably go back and watch one of those because I'm sure they were incredible because those are two really strong runners that got paired up very early on in this tournament. Um, of filling out the uh, end of the top eight, we have uh, Korek and Mikan, uh, and then we have Jet uh, Jet 082 uh, versus Thelane. So, mm-hmm. so that that will round out the top eight. We will uh, keep you updated on everything going on there. Uh, uh, I have I have a little fact uh, about well, for one, I want to say I'm pretty sure that Blaine lost that match because he got rid of his mustache. So, uh, just want to get that out there, you know, into the ether so everyone knows. Uh, Big mistake. So, you know, it was the source of his powers and he shaved it off. Why would you do that? But uh, what I actually wanted to talk about is the Willard J. Bradley versus Bonta match that is currently at Mm 1-1. We did have to do uh, the only, it kind of happens once or twice in every turn on almost, but we did have to do this time around the only VOD match. Uh, which was commentated live on Speed Gaming, I believe. I think it was on Speed Gaming 1, um, where both of the runners uh, got the seat from us in advance and played it out and recorded a VOD and then uh, sent it to us or made it available to the admins. And uh, it was pretty exciting because I believe only Phileon, uh, he was the only admin that uh, watched the VODs beforehand, you know, uh, to check that everything went all right, that no shenanigans happened, to time it out and to compare who actually won and so on and so forth. And then uh, it was just replayed on Speed Gaming and live commentated. The commentators hadn't seen it before either. So uh, it was pretty exciting. Uh, it ended up in a 1-1, as we said, so the third match is going to be played out very soon. Uh, Villard uh, told us far in advance that he would be in uh, on vacation and should he make it this far into the tournament, he won't be available for a week or two. I, I forgot how long he was gone. Um, so we, we had to arrange that, and I'm glad it all went well, and it was well-received, and uh, really kind of almost like it wasn't a VOD replay. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So so the reason that you did that was because he wasn't going to be available? That's why you did the VOD and... Yeah, exactly. We we cool. wanted to keep the time frame kind of going, and we knew that we had uh, a week off during AGDQ, and I think we moved everything back a week uh, already anyways, because it was a little bit tight with getting all the games in and the group stage. 
So we do have a little bit of leeway, but I mean, it's called the fall tournament. We're now deep into winter, approaching spring, and it's going to be a little while till we're done. Not that much anymore, but you know, it's going to be a little while. So uh, we, we kind of try to keep to the deadlines as much as we can to to get it over with, more or less. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So uh, what about the uh, the Challenge Cup, Tim? What's happening over, over there? Yeah, let's take a quick look in. So, you know, by nature of it being the Challenge Cup, this is, you know, as a reminder, the one that was open to anyone who didn't make it into the fall tournament. Um, I was participating. I was in the brackets. Uh, I was summarily defeated uh, 2-0 <laughs> to a person named Wallkicks, so GG to Wallkicks. Um, one of those was actually uh, restreamed, so that was really cool. Got to uh, have a race and have you know commentators talking over it and a tracker and some some folks in chat. So that was fun, and and I felt like I I played fairly well. It was a, a hard mode seed. Um, which I had never actually, uh, I know, I think I had played it one time before, but, um, I played one in preparation for this race and then I played the one on the race and actually felt like I did fairly well, but wall kicks, uh, did pull it out. I think just a stronger runner overall, honestly, yeah. but a uh, super nice guy. We, we, you know, talked a little bit before and after each race and, um, they, they moved on. Uh, and unfortunately they've been eliminated now in the third round of the brackets, but, um, we are essentially at round four. There's still some some matches in round three to be um, you know to be decided. But I wanted to quickly highlight Frostbite thirty thirty. If you'll recall, I played them in my group rounds, and they uh, absolutely destroyed everyone in our group. It was ten and zero. Um, they have gone uh, perfect up until round three, where um, shoutouts to Nailene, um actually did take a race off of them, but. Frostbite is going up against Plasma Kappa uh, in round four, so we will see what happens with that. But just my my uh, personal, you know, from, from what I've seen of, of the people in the tournament that I know about, Frostbite 30-30, definitely a contender to take it all and, and still, still in the race. So, um, you know, we'll keep everyone updated on that. And we'll, of course, put a link to the challenge in the description of the episode if you want to check it out. Um, Again, we're recording this Saturday the 12th, so there'll be some updates probably even, you know, since uh, at the point that we uh, post the episode. So, um, all right. What else do we want to talk about? Um, so I heard there was a pretty cool idea for a little mini in-person live tournament at Awesome Games Done Quick. Do we want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, re I received word, I caught wind of a uh, live rando tournament that would be happening at Awesome Games Done Quick. And uh, Phileon, is that how you pronounce that, Herf? Phileon? Uh, yes. Okay, so Phileon uh, is, was in our Discord and mentioned it. Um, and so I reached out to Phileon and asked if they could maybe, uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about this. So, so they... Uh, we're kind enough to take some time out of their AGDQ experience and, and write a little bit about this 2v2 tournament. Um, from what I understand, it was uh, it started on Challenge, and, and I'll see if I can get a link to that Challenge, um, if that's available, and link that as well in the description. But uh, a Challenge that started of, of people who said, yes, I am going to AGDQ, and so they played online until they had brought it down to, I think, you know, a top two or a top four, maybe even a top eight. Um, and then those those people who that were there live played the last few matches, and then they had they you know announced the winner there. Um, the winning team was Solsky and Bentezi. 
Uh, Solsky, if I'm not mistaken, let me just tab over here. Um, oh, I thought maybe they were in. Were they in one of these tournaments? I, I know think, I've seen. I think Solsky was in the uh, <clears throat> the big tournament, the fall tournament, yeah. but did not qualify for the um, the bracket stage, but did qualify for the group stage. Oh, well, I know where I recognize it. Okay, yeah, he, I, never mind. I, he was in the first round of the bracket stage, but lost 2-0 to Furem. He's named BD Solsky on challenge. Ah, okay, that's why. Him. Okay, so never mind that. But uh, so the te- yeah the team that won, let me go back over was uh, Solsky and Bentezi. Yeah, so that was the winning two v two team. Um, do you guys so so you guys read this? Um, do you mm-hmm. understand how the two v two thing works? Because I'm still not entirely certain. Um, well, it kind of depends a little bit on what they do. Usually, as far as I'm aware, it's two players play, they all play on the same seed, but it's teams of two players. So you have two guys on one team playing the same seed and two guys on the other team playing the same seed and they can talk to each other. So if one of them finds the hook shot somewhere and the other one is somewhere else, he can go like, Hey, look, I found the hook shot and blah, blah, blah. So the other guy knows where the hook shot is and they can split up their routing and stuff like that. That's cool. cool. It's like co-op mode. It's a little bit like co-op mode, only there's, you know, there's also a Lua script for co-op mode where you actually link, like, to emulators, or I believe it also works on, uh, on uh, you know, the consoles if you have one of those uh, that where you really share a seed. So if one of the person, like, one of the players opens a chest, it's open for the other person as well, and you share hearts and you share magic and stuff like that. Huh. But that's I don't really think cool. I don't think that's how the two v twos usually play out. I think it's more like a cope where they both play the same seat together, and it isn't over until they both finish. But they can split up their routing to you know check different spots and then you know collude with each other to finish it faster. That's really cool. That is cool. Um, so yeah, we'll post a uh, link to that in the comments so you guys can read his write up and uh, huge shout outs to Phileon for. Uh, coming through and reporting on that i could i just couldn't think of any other way to even find out info about it you know it's like you have to be uh definitely keeping your ear close to the ground to uh, learn about some of these tournaments um but you know we got the scoop we got some inside info so we'll we'll uh, post that in, in the description for you yeah um cool uh all right well i guess we're gonna go ahead and start talking about thieves town here what do you guys oh. say did we uh, want to talk a little bit about what Awesome Games Done Quick is for any of our listeners who might not know why it is that there were a whole bunch of rando players together? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I guess the I'll do a little brief intro. So this is a, a big charity speedrunning marathon. Happens twice a year, uh, once in January and once in like usually like June or July. Uh, to raise money for charity, and it's kind of like a speedrunning convention almost. And uh, everybody gets together and they play games for, uh, you know, live on Twitch for basically a week. And, uh, you know, in this uh, winter, they usually raise money for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. And in the summer, it's for uh, Medicine Sans Frontier or Doctors Without Borders. And I apologize if my French was terrible on that. <laughs> um, but uh, as of right now, they're at about $1.3 million raised. And, uh, you know, there are some really cool races out there. I watched, I think, Tim, you were, might have been watching that, too. They had a really neat idea of doing, and they got from the 
Mario Sunshine community of doing a bingo lockout race. Yeah. Where you kind of mm-hmm. randomly choose. Yeah, and I think this could be a really cool thing for Rando where you uh, you generate a sorry beeps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I was gonna I was gonna let it go after last time, but it was just too yeah, much. Okay. Um, that's, uh, but um, yeah, so you generate a kind of a random bingo card, and uh, the players have to accomplish certain tasks, and whoever gets a you know the majority of the bingo card filled wins and i think for rando this could be a really neat thing that uh, i would if anybody wants to play figure out how to set this up and play anybody uh, i volunteer as tribute and yeah definitely yeah. I would love to do something like this I, it yeah it, it was really cool because all of these different tasks were very simple like you know if you're familiar with super mario sunshine like um well this wasn't a simple one but like get to 100 uh, coin stars that like the first person who does that locks it out then the other person can't do that and there's 25 tasks on there and I, it usually pulls from a pool of them i don't know how big that pool is but um, you don't always know what's going to show up so it's it it reminded me a lot of rando it was it, you know it's a lot of on the fly thinking and uh certainly a lot of routing um you know and kind of trying to counteract what your opponent may or may not be doing because mm-hmm. you can't see them you can only see the board uh, but yeah, that was really cool. I, w- I would love to uh, see something like that develop for for ALTT PR. Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers, but I think it was at the last SGDQ, maybe the AGDQ before, but they did uh, an OOT bingo. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone saw that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they did. did. Right. I, yeah. I don't think I saw that. Uh, yeah you gotta go check that out yeah it's definitely worth a watch because i was personally super impressed Uh, they talked a lot about how they how much effort they put into uh, making a balanced bingo you know it's not just Mm -hmm. randomly grabbing from a huge pool of gold and throwing it together which also works but they really put a lot of uh, effort into making the boards and the goals that they get very balanced so it's not you know super out of the way or something and I think that's yeah. really cool. And there's a lot more work put into it than people think when they just, you know, see the bingo boards with a bunch of random goals that maybe don't even mean anything to them. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. It would, it would you'd have to do a lot of balancing with that sort of thing. That's that's really cool. Yep. All right, you guys ready? I, this this shouldn't be too bad, right? No, no it's, um, it's Steve's town. Uh, the only yeah. the only complaint I have is uh, the old meme of Pendant Thieves Town always feels bad man always feels bad yeah all right well here we go and we're going all the way in all right thieves town so thieves town is uh it's a friend to a lot of new runners um it's sort of like in in a sea of really difficult things to do in this game and in link to the past randomizer thieves town stands is something that is obtainable and it's it's open it's free it's pretty easy to get to so um you know in a lot of ways you know there were there was talks of maybe you know when we started this and we wanted to talk about each of the dungeons in succession maybe even starting at thieves town and kind of doing it in order of you know difficulty because this is kind of like the randomizer first dungeon if that makes sense yeah i would agree with that somewhat and then again maybe not it's mm-hmm. uh i would agree in that it's usually the first dungeon you'll have access to when you're playing randomizer 
just because of stuff we're probably going to be talking about soon, like the Dark World access that you need to even get there and stuff like that. But at the same time, I think especially for newer players, it can be pretty intimidating uh, due to the yeah. access <laughs> and especially the boss. Yeah, I've tried to do Thieves Town on like four hearts with no sword. It's really hard. Um, mm-hmm. If you have like ten hearts and a master sword, no problem. But uh, for any of our players out there who are you know new or they're they're still kind of working out the execution kinks, um, you know, even though Thieves Town might be open to you, it may not be the smartest play if you know that you're going to go in there and die a whole bunch. Yeah, it's like exactly what we were talking about with the uh, Skull Woods episode with Mothula. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, just because you can doesn't mean you necessarily should. You got to know yourself, you know, take some time to practice it outside of a race setting and then come back and, you know, either know that you're going to be able to do it or wait until you do know that you're going to be able to do it. And yeah, you guys bring up good points. I think, you know, especially taking on blind, if you haven't learned the, you know, scripted fight yet, which we'll talk about in a bit, um, it, it can definitely be intimidating. And this is the dark world. So the enemies are not messing around when they touch you. It hurts. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, um, we will uh, handle all that when we get there. Let's let's do our, our typical breakdown and first begin with uh, how to get to Thieves Town. Yeah. So you have kind of your standard access, and because the Thieves Town is in the Dark World version of Kakariko, uh, you can either have the Titan's Mitt or regular gloves and the hammer. Either one of these will get you in. But there is also the very tricky kind of backdoor access, which is you beat Aga and you've got the flippers and the hookshot. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that will actually let you get in by jumping into the water east of the Dark World Pyramid and then hookshotting across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, not a very common case, but it definitely can and, and will happen in, in Randomizer. Typically, that that standard Dark World access is going to get you there. That's how most people find their way to Thieves Town. But do keep in mind that you can you can cross the river if you need to get to West Dark World, the the long way. I guess we'll say. Yeah, that's uh, that's a way that not a lot of newer players know. I think that that way around stumps a lot of people. You know, being able to swim up there and then hook shot over. Yeah, I think it's, it's actually in yeah. the FAQ that's on the Rando website as mm-hmm. a, hey, mm-hmm. guys, just so you know, you can do this and you might be required to do this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it gets passed. That image gets passed around quite a bit in the uh, the new, you know, Rando question discords and things like that. Um, yeah. All right. So so we've, we've made it to uh, Thieves Town. There's a few things you might want to check out before you go in. Um, specifically in uh, the Kakariko version uh, in the Dark World. It's, it's called the Village of Outcasts. It just looks like a ruined version of the town. There's three very easy-to-get items um, that could be worth checking out. You're going to check them eventually anyway. Could be worth checking them out before you go into Thieves Town to maybe have some extra firepower um, mm-hmm. or useful items while you're in there. So those three um, are the chest game, which is going to cost you 30 rupees. Um, it's in sort of like the northwest part of the map. Um, you go in and you hit one chest and you get something random. You get another chest and you get your item. Uh, so go ahead and hit that one up. C-shaped house is in the northeast part of the map. You just walk right in. You go around the, C- the, the house, you get it. Uh, and then the last one is called brewery. 
And I wanted to mention that because uh, that stumps some people when they look in a spoiler log and they see that the item they were looking for was in brewery. And they're like, where is a brewery? This apparently is what that's called. So it's a bombable hut. You bomb it and you go in and get your one item. So I would recommend getting those three before you go in. And then you could even make a case for going down and doing the dig game before you go into blind, provided that you have the Titan's mitts and you can crawl your way back up there. And the reason for that is uh, when you come back this way later, you're probably going to be dragging a purple chest behind you. And if you're doing that, you're not going to be able to engage dig game because you can't do that when you have something following you. So it might make sense to come knock this out now and then go back, do you know the fourth dungeon, and then... Uh, be able to just come back here and not have to worry about orphaning that one check. So that's what I have to say about Village of Outcasts. What do you guys think? Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, I, I like that. Yeah, I, I've um, got no additions. That's pretty much no perfect. Mm -hmm. I usually also check all the three items that you can get around Thieves Town. Some people like to, you know, do maybe, depending on where they come from, but they do like the chest game and then maybe the bombable hut and then they go into Thief's Town and afterwards they'll go to C-shaped house and make their way down to the frog or something. But I would I, forget that for sure. Yeah, I, I like, you know, <laughs> getting all three items out of the way. You never know what you find. It might make your life a whole lot easier. Yeah, it could be like a sword or mail upgrade that makes th your life just so much easier in here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. What do y'all tell us about items needed to get into Thieves Town? All right. So a lot of people think, especially newer players, seem to think that to open up Thieves Town, uh, you need a glove. You need to, you know, pull on that little grate in front of that gargoyle statue in the middle of the town, and then it'll throw you back and you'll open up the entrance. Uh, you don't really need a glove to open that up. You just need to pull on it no matter what you have. So to get in, you don't really need anything other than the Dark World access that we were talking about earlier. Uh, once you're inside, you can get to the first four chests pretty easily without really having to defeat anything. So you don't need anything. You don't need a hookshot. You don't need a weapon. You can just walk in. And uh, as soon as you walk in, you'll jump down, walk to the first chest and make your way around to the other three chests. Uh, we'll probably be talking about that in more detail later. Mm -hmm. um, to full clear it, you'll definitely need something to hurt the boss with. Blind is a special case, we'll get into the details of that later as well, but you'll need a sword, uh, or a hammer, or a cane. Uh, I think fire rod and ice rod work as well. I'm not sure if there's anything else. I don't think boomerangs or anything work. I'm not sure about nope. the bow. Bow does uh, not work. So uh, that's pretty much it. And to really full clear the dungeon completely you will need the hammer to get to the big chest mm -hmm. yeah and that's you might not need it if you're lucky you know and and you know it's kind of tough because if you happen to get titan's dark world you know titan's mint dark world access and you come and you want to go through here um I, I i don't know that you should let not having hammer stop you from coming in because you still have a pretty good chance of getting all four items or at the very least three items Mm -hmm. um so don't worry about that too much but just know that you're in a better spot if you have the hammer because you're not gonna have to worry about maybe having to come back and do the whole dungeon again to get that final item yeah exactly um axe why don't you uh tell us let's see what's the next part here when do we want to go there yeah when, that's, i think the only thing we have we kind of have talked about that already yeah i think yeah, we kind of covered of. that already Okay, so in that case, go ahead and tell us about the uh, the item layout here. All right, and that's actually a great lead-in with the big chest. So there are Perfect. eight item locations in here. 
Of that, four of them are items, which is why Thieves Town is so popular, because that's a fairly item-rich spot. Um, now, we haven't talked about uh, some of the other you know item-rich locations yet, but four is a pretty good number, especially if you're looking at things like Skull Woods that only have two, or a Desert that only has two, you know, Hera has three. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's four's pretty good. And yeah. you've also got a, uh, a big key and uh, a small key, and then the dungeon trash. So if you're actually thinking about the big chest, uh, you know, decision where you might need hammer, there's potentially three items that could be in there. The big key chest could lock itself. You could also have the compass of the map in there. So, you know, a three, you only have, you have a basically five-eighths chance that Mm -hmm. you don't need to bring a hammer along, which is Mm -hmm. why even if you don't have a hammer, you should probably do it. That's Absolutely. a good way to look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, four items is very, very nice. Actually, no, sorry, the big key can't be in the big key chest because you need it to get into the back of the dungeon. What am I talking oh, about? Sure. So yeah, no, the, yeah, the big key is always in, in one of these front four that yeah. we'll, we'll talk about here in a second. But yeah, yeah, so really it's just a two and basically one-fourth chance that uh, there's dungeon trash in there, not a three-eighths chance. There is a chance that uh, the the door the to the big key, the small key, will lock small itself key. in there. So oh, you're not completely that, wrong. That's right. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, so it is 5-8. Yeah. So I was still right. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, you should still go if you have the hammer. It's It would be silly to skip it just because you don't. Because there's, there's still some good stuff in there. Um, all right. So you pull the little trident that that bird demon gargoyle thingy is holding and you open up the the uh the entry into thieves town so you walk in and the way this is set up is it's basically four big rooms if you imagine a quadrant of four rooms uh you walk into the one that's in the southwest uh the end you you essentially need to make your way around counterclockwise so you go north and then east and then south and then west uh, back to the original first room to get your final chest. And then you make your way up to the northeastern quadrant, which is where the big key door is. So uh, there are a number of different ways you can navigate around these first four rooms. Um, all you really need to do is you know watch, watch some people do it. And you'll get a pretty good idea of what these lines are. But there's essentially kind of two different ways, in, in my opinion. Um, there is a easy way you can do it. And there's a faster way. Uh, I personally like the easy one. The faster one is not that much faster. Um, but uh, are you guys familiar with this? Do you do you want to talk a little bit about these kind of two different you know routes? I'm not really sure. I'm familiar with one of them. I only know the one that I always do, and I'm not sure if it's faster or easier. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I'm trying to think, am I doing the fast one or the easy one? <laughs> okay, I'm probably yeah. doing the easy one, but I feel like I go through really fast. All right, I, I will briefly explain, and, and I'll, I'll try to make this uh, not boring. So when you walk through the entrance, uh, the first one, the first chest is the map chest that's in the first room. You have to jump down off the balcony, and then you're, you're able to grab that. Then you go north uh, and go up the stairs there. You double back around and you grab the second chest, which is titled the ambush chest in the spoiler log, uh, because there are some blobs that come out and try to ambush you. But you can literally walk right over them. They don't have a hitbox for quite a while. Um, So what I'm talking about is basically right here, you have a couple different options. 
you can either go back into the screen that you just came from in the, the southwest and then circle back around and you basically want to go to the middle of these four quadrants and you can just go straight up and then straight to the right and then straight down and you basically just quickly went through those three rooms right there but in order to do that you had to go back a screen so it kind of is an extra transition that you're doing right there which is not the fastest thing in the world the other way you would do it is after the ambush chest instead of doing that you circle around and you go immediately to the east to, into that third room and then south from there um, so it's more direct but you have a lot more enemies to contend with on the way as well so there's that to be considered so that that's kind of what i mean is that those are sort of the two those oh, are the two I routes yeah i would that's what i'm doing is looking at a map but um to, to just quickly continue this walkthrough since we got this far, once you get to that southeastern room, you have to go back up the stairs to the balcony. Um, you'll check the third chest, which is the vanilla compass chest. Then you drop down there, and like I said, you go uh, west again to the first room, and you check the vanilla big key chest, um, mm -hmm. and that's the fourth one. And then you'll make your way up to the um, big key door that's in that uh, northeastern room. So anyway, all right. So these two different routes. What do you what do you guys think? Having heard you know both cases. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest here. I don't think the easy route is that much easier than the fast route. You're talking so fast route. If you go through it, you have to dodge a blue horse guy, a red horse guy, and another red horse, and then you know you're basically right back where you would be if you went the easy route. And I think basically all but the newest of rando players can effectively dodge the horse guys because they have a very predictable movement set you know now that i look at it if you have boots i would say the fast way makes way more sense because those green transitions compared to how fast you can dash across the floor no yeah. question that's way faster and and pretty safe if you have a sword mm -hmm. um so yeah i i get that you know, I, I hadn't looked at a map of this really since I started playing. And so every time it was it was just like I didn't want to contend with it. It was like I just want to do what's fast and quick. And and the going back that one screen, like it's just so easy to navigate because you just turn the corner every single time. It's really quick um, and, and there's no real danger of getting hit by anything. Um, but you're right. I don't you know, I should reevaluate that and just well, take that upper path. I, you know, I, I do think it's good backup stretch to keep in mind because you, you know, while we do talk about, you know, kind of the standard modes, if you're doing Enemizer or some kind of crazy one-hit KO mode or, or and you've got, you know, green mail and three hearts, it might actually be worth it to play it a little bit safe here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, you just reminded me. I was thinking when you were explaining that, I was like, well, I kind of mix it up sometimes, and I'm, I wasn't sure why I would do that, if it's just, you know, like what I feel like that day or something. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, as you were saying, if you have the boots, it's a lot faster to just, you jump down there on that balcony from the second chest, and you just dash straight up and straight to the right, and then you're basically there already, and you're pretty safe if you do have a sword of some kind. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Another thing is uh, the screen, you know, as you were saying, if you go the quote unquote, I don't think either of those ways is really that much better or worse, whichever way you choose. I mean, you you know, as long as you get to where you want to go, that's really the most important part of it all. But uh, yeah. the screen transitions, they feel faster because they're pretty, you know, close to each other, but they really do take a long time. 
because the mm-hmm. transition, like, you know, the time until the transition even starts, it looks like you just walk under that little overhang for a little bit and then you're right there. But it really takes forever to even get to the screen transition. And then the screen transition itself takes a whole long while. And then you have to do that again to walk back up. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of surface area under these that you, you don't realize. Like, you mm-hmm. can walk a pretty long time before you finally do even trigger that screen transition. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of time. So, I don't know. I guess Jerry's still out. Let us know. You know, sound, sound off in the comments if you have opinions on that. But um, <laughs> definitely something to think about. And I would encourage just... I'm just, like, staring at a map of it, which I'm not sure that I've really ever done before. And it's mm-hmm. pretty enlightening because when you're in it and the screen only shows so much of the screen, you know, your camera only shows so much of the screen, it can feel a lot more confusing than it really actually is when you just look at it. So that's that's what I would encourage people to do is just take a look. Yeah, so, really. The, the maps help a lot. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's, uh, I want to talk a little bit about these first four chests. What you will see people do sometimes, especially if we're looking at a pendant uh, Thieves Town is like a not green pendant, especially. Um, you it might not make sense to take all the time to go ahead and finish this dungeon when really you're just in here looking for those items. So a lot of times you'll see people do just the front four. They'll do these first four chests in this maze-like area, and then they'll mirror out, and then they'll continue on with their dark world checks. Uh, so the the way that these are set up is you know everything is in play but the big key must be part of it so one of these four chests will be a big key so that you can continue on with the dungeon but you could get three items here and that's like all right that's payday or you could get the map the compass and the small key and get zero items here and then you pretty much have to keep going no matter what if you want any items out of here so um, you know, that's just kind of something that you'll see people do sometimes. But of course, in our walkthroughs, we always assume a full clear. So regardless of what array of items you've gotten, um, you know, you'll, you will have the big key and then you'll, you'll head up and, and go to the back. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I will say doing the pendant gamble and getting only one or zero items in the front feels like the worst thing because mm-hmm. you're like, all right, well, I'm already here. Should I try to go in the back and, cause, and get those chests or should I just say, you know, to hell with it and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a struggle. And it's a personal decision that you're going to have to make. You know, how comfortable you are with the dungeon, how quickly you can move around, how many other things are available. You know, I would say even just like, do I have the mirror? If you have the mirror, you're going to be able to check a few more items during your South Dark World tour, which makes it a little more worth it to skip. If you don't have the mirror, then you might need to do a dive for those extra items. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot to consider. But um, I think one of the things that helps is that like I was saying, you know, once you once you've done it a few times, Thieves Town is is not too difficult, especially if you have magic powder. That helps a ton. Um, so you know, it just depends on how comfortable you are if you want to do it or not. So, all right, let's continue on. We went through the big key door. Now you come into a long hallway with three Stalfos and a bunch of torches. Um, does one of you guys want to take it over here? I feel like I've been talking. Yeah, a lot. yeah. All right. Uh, okay. You want it, Herf? Uh, sure. I can. I can try. Uh, let me let me go ahead here. So uh, as uh, Tim just mentioned, you're you're gonna end up in the skeleton hallway. It's a, a long hallway with a locked door to your left, and uh, once you dash to the end, there's another uh, locked door with a. I think it's big key locked, isn't it? It's no, it's one way locked. Oh, okay, it's one way locked. Uh, I mean the one straight into the boss room that will eventually. Oh, be oh it's open. Room. It's open. You can actually. Oh, it's just open, there. really? Okay, it's, they're taunting you. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like go ahead and come you. on in if you want to fight the boss. 
And uh, right in no front of there. that open door, as I just now learned, since I've apparently never been into <laughs> Thief's Town, uh, you find two skulls. And uh, to the left, you'll find a key under the skull. And, to the right. Uh, to right. the right, I'm sorry. To the right, you find the key. And to the left, you find a heart. Um, it's This is another part of the dungeon, I feel like, where personal decision comes into play. Because you, if you have already found a small key in one of the three chests in the beginning, and you don't necessarily need that heart right now, you can just opt to go straight left through the locked door and continue on with the dungeon, uh, saving that heart for before you fight blind, and uh, saving that small key pickup that you might not need if uh, the small key for uh, the... The big chest. The room. big chest locks itself. Yeah, yeah so, that's interesting. I've, yeah, yeah I've thought about gamble. that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's risky. It's a gamble, and it's definitely risky because you know you'll you you probably will need that small key, or you'll you'll want to check, especially if you do have the hammer. Uh, but it's it's something to consider, I would say. But either way, you uh, let's just assume you go up there, you at least grab the key. The heart is your choice. If you need it now, grab it. If you don't need it now, save it for later to uh, deal with a blind fight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go back down to that locked door that was to the left right when you entered. Uh, unlock it with your key. And I think this room looks a lot more intimidating than it is. It yeah, is. Agreed. Uh, th- there, there's not really a lot going on here. You, If you walk up, there's two blocks and two of these horse knights. I think... Zazax, is that right? Yeah, it's like a Z, Z. It's got like a Z and an X in it. Yeah, like I think it's a Zazak, and um, there's two of them, a blue and a red one, and uh, you can just walk up, slash the blue one, assuming you have a sword, or get it out of your way in some way with a weapon. Uh, the fire snake in here will mostly leave you alone. There's a couple of bombs under pots that usually you probably don't want to pick up, but if you're in a pickle, uh, they might help you out. Uh, Zazak. Zazak. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, from there, you move to the left. Uh, you get into a room with a bunch of conveyor belts on the floor and uh, a few of the Patrick stars or these weird, I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. They do look like Patrick. <laughs> yeah, they're Patrick's. That's what I've been calling them forever. They're little Patrick's. Wow. Oh, my God. That's I, I don't know what they really are. They're like <laughs> little ectoplasm monsters no, or good. something. Oh, man, I'll call them that from now on. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you move past them pretty easily. If you have the hookshot, you can just hook over to one of the statues. Usually the lower one is a little bit easier because there's also an anti-fairy that might get in your way. Um, That's a really good point. I never thought about that. uh, These two rooms are really uneventful. And uh, you just continue to the left, and that's when you get into probably the most infamous room of... uh, Thieves Town, I would say, the Hellway. I mean, it's got its own name. <laughs> yeah, it's got its own name. <laughs> That's and bad for news. for a reason. Uh, yeah. There's uh, the whole floor, basically, on the way up is conveyor belts that work against you. There's a fire snake. There's an anti-fairy. And there's three Patricks just randomly floating around, scuttling around there, looking for, I don't know, Krabby Patties or something. <laughs> um you, what you'll want to do is you'll want to navigate this all the way up to the north exit uh, with as little damage as you can possibly muster. 
it's uh, easier said than done. There's a lot working against you, but there is the so-called God Pixel. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Which is really, uh, you can do it without boots, but it's probably not going to work just because you're going to be too slow. But if you do have the boots, you can dash upwards on these conveyor belts and ignore their, you know, moving, movement impairing properties. And if you manage to get on just the right pixel between the two spikes that block you from, uh, basically it's right in the middle, uh, a little bit to the left of that, and all the Patrick stars and the fire snake and the anti-fairy have to cooperate and not be in your way. And then you just dash upwards and you can get through all of this stuff in one go and just dash right into the door and not have to deal with any of that. Yeah. Have uh, any of you guys ever gotten the God Pixel before? Mm-hmm. A couple of times, and it's uh, I saw on uh, the Goon Discord a while ago there was some discussion where people said that uh, it's the God Pixel is not an apt name because it's a lot easier to get than it makes it sound. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I mean, kind of, I don't really agree. I still struggle with it, but then again, I'm you know, I'm not a pro player, so yeah, my under I've gotten it a couple times. My understanding is just that it's the God Pixel because. There's only one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that yeah. sort of like you know? Yeah. It's, you just it just has to be the right pixel, which is not necessarily that difficult when you're playing a 16-bit game, you know. Um, but yeah, my my advice as someone who has done it a couple times is when you first walk in, you know, the treadmill is is pushing you backwards towards the spikes. So as long as you just continue to reset yourself, you basically for as long as you want can try to set this up and given that this treadmill is here there's basically five small ones in a row um mm-hmm. that makes the whole floor move because of that like lineup right there uh you can tell exactly when link or whoever your sprite is i guess it depends on your sprite but you it should be pretty easy to tell when you're lined up exactly in that lane because you, you do have like a lane right there so you can yeah. try you can try uh but you know you go in and hold down the sprint button say you're not quite lined up and you're going towards the spikes let go of your sprint, walk up, and then try again. And then try, you know, try your dash. And you just keep doing that until it's like, okay, that looks good. I think I have it. And then you just push all the way on up. And it, like Herf said, I mean, then run into the fire bar half the time because it depends on what the enemies do. You have, you know, this is all dependent on that. But um, when it works, as you know, it's it's pretty awesome. It's yeah. pretty cool. Definitely. I, mean, I feel like you really only get one try because you you know, the pixel location will actually change based on where all the Patricks and the fire bar and anti-fairy are. And once you are in the room, they all start moving. So, you know, in my mind, the setup really is walk in and do it immediately because if you don't get it immediately, it's very hard to pull off because it might be in a slightly different vertical position. Uh, and mm-hmm. as far as I understand it, it's RNG regardless. So it doesn't matter if you do it when you first walk in or if you tra- set it up and try it a couple times. It's it's just as RNG dependent. Oh. That's my understanding. So so I, I say oh, take okay. a couple. I mean, times. I could be wrong. I, I I just learned something. So never mind. Don't listen. <laughs> yeah, to I'm Axie, honestly not 100 percent sure on this. I really I really can't say for sure. I mean, I just try it on the first try, and if I'm not on the right pixel, I just you know kind of you just go stop and correct myself, and then just walk through it and try to dash again or something. I don't really try to set up for it. It's just yeah. if it happens, it happens, and if it doesn't, that's probably why I call it the God Pixel because if it happens, it happens. 
<laughs> I, I actually, I, I haven't seen many racers in the tournaments I've watched try to set up the God Pixel either. They, I think, do the same thing Herf said. They try for it once, and if they get it, they get it, and if not, they'll just kind of walk through. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a coward, so I, I try every <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I have one more piece of advice, then we'll move on from this room. If you are going to error, you know, if you're going to try for it, I, it's going to be better to err towards the left because then you can still dash up a good half of the room before you're going to run into a spike and just, you know, release your dash at that point and just walk up the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. So that's the last thing I'll say about that. But, um, all right. So let's, so let's assume we made it to the top of the hellway. Um, there's that anti fairy right there at the end of the room. You might want to powder that if you have powder and you're low on health. Definitely a nice little pick me up there. Um, and then proceed north into this next room. Um, Axe, why don't you tell us about this room and, and maybe the attic as well? Yeah, so this has actually changed a bit with the newest version of Rando. V30, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Because now the hit tiles are useful. So before you used to, I would tell you to just walk in here and change the switch and go up. But now what you want to do is pretty much dash right into the stairs, go upstairs into the attic first and check out the hint, and then go down. Um, because you'll if you hit the switch, the crystal switch first, you won't be able to get the hint. Mm-hmm. So let's assume you do that and you head back down. Um, you know, it looks really scary because you've got all these spikes that you're going to unleash when you change the crystal switch. But a trick that I have learned is because there is a small key under the pot, you always want to pick that pot up. And if you line it up just right at the upper left blue block and throw downwards, you will hit the crystal switch with the skull pot. And just be able to walk upstairs without worrying about the spikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah very that's, useful. that's super helpful. You're just going to be quick enough about it or the little blob will get in your way. That's and true. You'll hit the blob and not the switch and then you'll curse the blob and then you walk <laughs> down and have to walk up a, through a couple of spikes again. Yeah. So just if you're going to do that, and I recommend you do do that because I think it is the fastest way to do it, be mm-hmm. quick. Don't. Don't get up there and dawdle and try to line it up perfectly. No, just just throw the thing. Absolutely. All Go right. Ahead. So now you're up in the attic. And in the first room of the attic, you see a whole bunch of bats and some crickets and some pots. So you actually want to move down into the lower right-hand corner uh, and pick up that most, I guess, rightward pot. And uh, it opens up a switch. And you can use that to move on. There's also magic pots. Uh, under these pots if you need it uh, but you probably don't because it's thieves town and you haven't really had any use for magic so far um, the next room is a room that i at least hate because these crickets hit like a truck and mm. they i for whatever reason can never quite time out their movement now if you have the boots you just dash on through and it's fine but if you don't have a sword and the and you have the boots or if you don't have the boots you got to watch out for the crickets here and make sure that they don't hit you because that will, you know, they they hurt. Um, yeah. So then you'll move into the last room, and this room is actually sitting right over the room that the boss fight is in, and you must, 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 must uh, throw a bomb at the cracked floor here to let in the light, or you will not be able to fight blind, and you will be kicking yourself because it's a real pain to get back here. Um, what I typically do is make sure the crickets don't hit me, walk in, throw the bomb, and then walk up and go towards the chest. I should be opening the chest just about when the bomb explodes, and then I can walk out. 
Yep. Yeah. So this is the attic chest um, here. And there was one other thing I wanted to say about that hallway. This is sort of interesting. I'm not exactly sure why this happens. Just one of those, you know, ALTTP 1.0 things. Um, when you are in that hallway against the screen transition, um, you know, since it's two screens, the the cricket things don't have a hitbox right there. So you can just walk right through them. So if they happen to be aligned with that, you just walk and you just go through them and you don't get hit. Yeah. The other thing to note is if the crickets are really ruining your day and they hit you and your bomb goes all over the place, the two pots in the room with the attic chest do have bombs under them. It's only, you know, it's not necessarily going to make up for it if you came in with only one bomb and you keep getting hit by the crickets. But if you need some more bombs, they're there. It's also nice to know that, you know, you can walk into Thieves Town with zero bombs and no problem, you know? Like, you yeah. don't have to bring them, because you've always got these right here. Yeah. Uh, I have another little piece of trivia for uh, the cricket hallway there. If for some reason you're playing Entrance Randomizer and you get a Thief's Town that's in the light world, these crickets will still look like crickets, but they'll sound like mice, and they'll also be mice, like in the <laughs> sewers. And uh, they are no danger at all. They, they die immediately, they do like half a heart of damage, if at all, and it's like so, such a pleasure to do Thief's Town and Entrance Randomizer. <laughs> they're they're just reskinned mice. Yeah, I they're pretty much just that. reskinned my, mice. My oh mind my is blown. god! <laughs> I never realized. Well, that. that explains why they move the way they do. Yep. I know, that I feel like that's helpful to know that, like you know, I almost kind of look at them as like, whoa, they're dangerous. Look out! But they move exactly the same as the rats in the zoo. Yeah, they're just mice for the dark world. That's that's wow. a dark world mice. That's wow. so funny. I'm learning so much today. <laughs> um, Alright, so let's say you've done all that You need to now reverse course from where you came So just do the opposite So dash to the left And then walk down the stairs um, Make sure that when you go through The room with the spikes You do not flip the switch back Because there in the hallway at the top Is a blue block And so the switch has to be in the blue position Or you can't get through the rest of the dungeon Yep. Um, again here, if you are low on health and you've got the powder now's a good time to hit up that anti-fairy for a fairy otherwise dodge it and move down that first door to your right in the hallway and you're now in this room that has a patrick and two horse guys zizak uh, i already yeah. forgot zizak yeah. or, or zazak whatever yeah. one of those so um you know i'd say just kind of dodge them don't try to kill them uh unless you are needing to farm for items and even then maybe don't do that um so you'll make your way through there and now you're in a room with a whole crap load of conveyor belts and it looks really intimidating and scary but if you just hug the left wall and then hug the upper wall they won't really affect you that much and you can walk on down to the basement yep what I like doing in that conveyor belt room is if you walk a little bit to the right instead of hugging that wall so you're on the first conveyor belt that carries you to the right to the hole, if you walk immediately up, you'll end up on an up a little bit of you know floor that up takes trend. you upwards. And then that'll put you on one that immediately gets you to the right. And if you really need to, you can also grab another bomb under that skull pot. And uh, it's, I think the quickest way to get through here so you just get transported up and then to the right and then you have to walk a little bit against the against the grain to get through that uh, stairwell downwards 
But yeah. uh, it's a pretty quick. That's cool. Yeah, I, I've room... never I've never tried walking in the middle like that. I guess I was too scared. Yeah, the room looks scarier than it actually is because you can basically write off anything below the pit because you'll never really be going down there. And then it's really just the one Zazu and Spike you've got to worry about. <laughs> Zazu. Yeah. Is that not what they're called? It's Zazak. Zazu's the bird from Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Close yeah, enough. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> it has two Z's, something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to head down to the basement. This is We're nearing the end of this dungeon here. So um, we are going to go get the maiden. We have to save the maiden. So you walk down these steps, and uh, you're going to see a block here. Um, you, if you have the gloves, you just want to pick that up and then head south. If you don't have the gloves, that's okay. You, you can actually still still move forward. You have to kill all the enemies in this room, and the door will open. Uh, to the west you go through there you head down the treadmills be careful of the enemies there and then you go east and you're in that same room that you would have been if you had gone south so either way you want to go to that room there's a single zazak in there just chilling um head to the east and then this will take you to the maiden's uh, cell so um this room is i like this room it, it's useful if you're low on health there's there's a lot of opportunities to grab hearts here um, there's a blob that comes out of the ground. There's uh, four Zazaks. One of them is a fire one. The other ones are just the blue ones walk around. Um, but there are two hearts under the skulls that are to the right. And you can also uh, throw the skulls at these Zazaks. Um, and it, you're, you can actually throw the skull through those uh, bars, through those prison bars, which is, which is kind of crazy. I also wanted to mention these doors here. They have, uh, you know, like padlocks on them. You do not need a key to go through those. You can just walk right through. Um, I, my first randomizer playthrough, I thought I needed a key right there. And I wandered around Thieves Town for like 30 minutes looking for a key because I forgot, you know, from watching and, and playing as a kid that you could just walk right through that. Yeah. And I felt like an idiot. And now I'm telling all of you about it. To be fair, uh, <laughs> you do need the big key to get through them, but you wouldn't even be here if you didn't have the big key. So, oh, so yeah, it's a big key. Well, that's it's the dumb. same lock on Zelda's mm-hmm. cell in the yeah. escape. And it uh, requires the big key to open. It, so it is the big key, but you already have it. Yeah. Well, dang it. But anyway, <laughs> um, I would definitely encourage encourage you to throw uh, these skulls at these Zazaks. I find I don't know if this is just anecdotal or not, but they seem to drop hearts pretty frequently. So yeah, if you need, I, yeah, I agree if with you that. Need hearts, strangely, mm-hmm. yeah, I I find killing them here actually is a good idea because you can just throw the skulls at them and. You want to be in a good health situation for what's about to come up. Yeah. I would say be careful if you don't kill that red Zazak at the south of the screen. He can chase you down like the Terminator through these gates. He will <laughs> do that sometimes. Lobbing fireballs at you all the way. So That's the meanest. Like, he can, if you're walking downwards through those three, you know, little entrances that you just open up with a big key... He will just shoot fireballs from off screen from the yeah. south up at you, and you won't even be able to dodge him. It's messed up. <laughs> he's, um, yeah, he's worst. Yeah. So oh, so hex. come up here. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no! I was just saying he the the red 
Zazak is, is using wall hacks to shoot through the oh, walls. Oh, you said wall hacks. <laughs> they said axe. Oh. Like, yeah, that's your name. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, okay, so we're, we're going to grab this maiden. Um, she's very thankful that we rescued her. Uh, and then grab whatever's in this cell. This is called blind cell. I don't know why it's called blind cell, even though we're rescuing a maiden. Yeah, weird. weird. Yeah. yeah. So, so at this point, hopefully uh, you either have all four of your items or you found a small key. Um, there's a chance that blind might have your small key and then that's a bummer. Uh, but if you have it and you have the hammer and you still need items, if those three things are true, you should just continue to head West through all the doors here through the locked door. And then that's going to take you to the big, uh, big chest room. Uh, you want to quickly go through, hammer that peg, grab what's inside and leave. Uh, tiles are going to start to fall down after a, a brief delay. You can totally beat them if you move with a sense of purpose, but if you wait too long, um, you'll probably fall down and take one heart of damage. So um, go ahead and grab the big the big chest if you were able. Um, sort of like when we were talking about Swamp Palace, there's a chance, you know, like I just said, that Blind might drop that key and you might have to come back, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So um, either go ahead and grab that or ignore it if you have your items and backtrack your way back upstairs, back to that treadmill room. Uh, you want to now go east out of that room. Um, you know, again, I, I usually hug the wall here. Uh, Herf, do you have any alternate strats for the way back on this one, or do you hug No, the, the, the way back is really the fastest to hug the wall because all the conveyor belts are working against you, You because you have to go right and then down. Uh, oh, and you have to hit that button. Yeah, and you have to hit that button. The Fair fastest enough. way is to walk along the wall because, as Axe was saying earlier, uh, they don't affect you if you're just hugging the wall. Right. And yeah, and you have to hit that button. I totally forgot. So that um, that skull up there, you have to pick that up. You'll hit the button. That'll open the door um, right under you. And you walk through and you're back into that hall with the three Stalfos and the torches. Um, so mm -hmm. now that we have the maiden with us, we want to go ahead and take her into the boss room. Oh, for no reason. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you if you left that heart from before, um, you you know might want to grab that now because it's about to be boss time. So mm -hmm. yep, walk into that room. Uh, you have the patch of light that you exposed from the attic when you bombed the floor. Uh, walk the maiden into it, and she will deliver just one of the juiciest puns you've ever heard. Just probably a really terrible joke of some sort, <laughs> and then the fight will be on. Yeah. So let's talk about this fight. This is. I think, the most unique fight in all of Link to the Past because it can either be one of the most difficult fights in the game or so trivial you can do it blindfolded. No mm -hmm. pun intended. Yeah, that's um, true. And so the way blind works is blind is the only boss in the game, I think, that it as long as you're doing damage to her, it really doesn't matter what you're doing it with you can do it with a hammer you can do it with a fighter sword you can do it with a cane of samaria it doesn't matter blind takes nine hits to kill always yep. and there's no way to make it go faster and blind works in three phases so you'll hit her three times and her robe thing falls off and her head starts flying around shooting fireballs at you then she respawns and will continue moving around with the heads shooting at you Hit her another three times, and now you've got two heads flying around. Hit her three more times, and she's dead. Um, it doesn't sound that hard, but basically by the end you're playing a bullet hell game. And uh -huh. blind, uh, so the fireballs, I believe, do one heart of damage. The lasers, or the head, like hitting blind herself, will do two hearts of damage. And I think the laser beam that she shoots out sometimes also does two hearts. 
I forget. So, you know. Just don't you, get hit. Yeah, don't get hit, which <laughs> sounds really easy. But if you're not, if you're doing this the hard way, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> the blind does have a script you can follow. And if you come in here with any kind of sword, this goes from being really, really hard, potentially, to very, very easy if you execute the script correctly. So, And the reason this works is because you hit blind very, very fast and will exploit the fact that when she initially starts out, uh, you know, if you come, if you die and you come back in here, blind will be whenever... Uh, starting out her pattern all the way up at the top of the screen and there won't be any safe spots but right when you come in initially she's a little bit lower so there's a safe spot at the top of the screen where if you're up there the fireballs that she spits out won't hit you Uh, and that's what the script really takes advantage of and um, so I'm going to also say here that if you've got the you know blue cane the cane of burna or the magic cape you might want to put that and you've got a sword you might want to put that on your y button uh because it could save you and uh, i've had a couple of runs where i'm coming in here and i get off script and i've got the cape and i'll hit it real quick and that is the reason that i'm able to get through because uh you know like a fireball just is about to pass through me so with that all said uh do we want to go through the script right now and how and what it works and how to set it up? Yeah, so I, I just wanted to briefly explain. The, the When we say scripted, the idea is like, you know, like a script for a TV show. Everything goes the same. Like everything is predetermined, you know. Mm-hmm. The reason that works is being that this is a Super Nintendo game or Famicom game, whatever. Um, there's no way that it can actually generate random numbers. The way that it pretends to kind of generate random numbers is it takes trivial inputs and it uses those to determine whether it's going to do A or B or C next. So the idea is by essentially hitting it three times in a row and sort of hit stunning it and always doing the exact same thing every time, it's it's you're kind of manipulating the RNG so that it's in the same place every time. And, you know somebody has figured out places you can stand to deliver all nine of these hits to where you're not going to get hit by the heads or any of the fireballs or the laser as long as you do it this exact same way every single time. So that's that's kind of what's going on here. And as Zach said, if you if you misstep, if you lose it, now you're essentially in improv mode. You're not you're you just went off the script and you're you're going to have to improvise and, you know, um, take take it down in sort of a bullet hell just like random kind of way. Yeah, and, and I, I really do want to emphasize that if you can do the script, this is the easiest fight in the game. Mm-hmm. If you go, if you can't do the script or you fall off it, I think this is probably the second or third hardest fight in the game after Cold Stare and Mopula. Mm. It can that. get very chaotic very quickly. Uh, one thing I want to say is that regardless of if you can follow the script or not, I think a, a good general strategy without, you know, stressing out about it too crazily is the faster you can do it, the easier of a time you will have. Because then there's less chances of lasers and less crazy hats flying around shooting fireballs everywhere and all kinds of stuff like that. On top of that, blind sometimes moves, you know, from the top to the bottom and then back to the top and it's kind of hard to hit them like that. So if you, even if you go off script, if you can manage to, you know, stay close to him and kind of do it quickly, it'll still be easier than if you, 
have too much patience. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't actually have the script memorized, but I have, I think, the first three to six hits memorized. And even just getting those in turns this, makes this fight a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Because if you get to the last three hits and you've got to kind of improv it, if as long as you haven't taken any hits so far, you can probably do that. But yeah. if you're trying to do all nine hits uh, improv, you're in trouble. The other yeah. thing I really want to emphasize here is you can only do the script the first time through. If you fight blind and you die, you cannot do the script anymore. Because when yeah. you walk in, you won't be in the right position. Unless you know the backup script, like you figure that out, which like, you know, feel free to share in the comments or whatever. That's that's pretty, it, it's, it doesn't come up that often. You either know the script and you get it or you die and you come back and you just do your best. The mm. good news though is I will say of all of the bosses to die on, uh, blind is probably the most forgiving it's it you know since a lot of the meat of the dungeon was taking up doing these tasks you know the bombing of the attic and grabbing the maiden and bringing her up here that's all done already so you can skip a lot of the dungeon and just go straight back to this boss room um so if you do have to die on one boss and this is helpful because it usually comes up pretty early in a run this is not the worst boss you could die to yeah that's very true yeah. yeah, especially if you have a lot of health, because if you're coming in here with, like, 10 hearts or something, you know, and, like, red mail, screw it. You can just tank the hits. Yeah, you got it. You got this. And just, yeah. if you've got full health, the sword beams will hurt blind, so you can just chill at the bottom and shoot sword beams at her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give one little bit of advice about fighting off script, and then we'll, we'll talk real quick about the actual script itself. So um, when blind moves it's sort of like an infinity pattern and it moves pretty fast so because of how fast it moves if you try to chase it down from the side and hit it it's going to kind of like outrun you uh on the other hand if you let it come towards you when you hit it it will push you back a little bit but it'll probably end up running into you and damaging you so i would be careful about attacking from the side of it you really want to try to get behind it or uh really behind it's going to be the best because in front of it also the hitbox is extended a little bit could hit you um, but just keep in mind the pattern that's moving and don't let it run into you if you are going to try to hit it from the side. Definitely be careful of that. Um, I know you'll have a lot going on in there with all those lasers and everything, but um, you know, blind running into you should not be one of the ways that you're taking a lot of damage there. Yeah, and this is actually why if you're fighting this with just the hammer, it's a really tricky fight because yeah. the script won't work because the script relies on hitting blind very, very quickly with the sword, and the hammer you... I don't even know if you can hit blind with the hammer from below uh, because of the how small the hitboxes are. So you really run the risk of running into blind a lot. And that's why doing this fight with just the hammer can be uh, pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So the script, real quick. When you first lead the maiden in, uh, it'll stop and it'll say a pun and it will transform. You basically want to hold your sword out um, at the beginning so that as it lifts up, it runs into your sword. And you, if you do it quickly, you should be able to get all three of your first hits before any horizontal movement is even made. So that's your one, your two, and your three right there. Uh, you're going to walk slightly to the right at that point and hold your sword out to the left uh, and just stay against that top wall. And you're going to be safe there for pretty good long while. Um, near the very end of the pattern, though, the head comes up and uh, is about to hit you. You just move south a little bit, probably about one block, and then straight back up again, and that avoids it. 
Uh, so when the blind head comes back up, you should already be in a position where your sword is going to hit it the first time. So that's one. It's going to dart kind of back around you. You're going to turn south and then hold your sword out and hit it uh, one more time as it kind of dips under you. Uh, finally, you go uh, to the left and chase it and you hit it uh, one more time. And that's the sixth one. And it drops again. And uh, that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm sorry. That's, that's about as far as I know, too, because the I haven't last, learned the last three yet. I should just learn it. The, at this the point. last three are tricky. If I, this is me kind of trying to recollect it from watching other people. You need to dodge the bullets that come out of the two heads in a, you know, very specific way again, staying near the top. And then you, again, basically hit blind three more times in the back but i cannot tell you how that specific positioning works because i never have gotten the script to get beyond the sixth hit yeah yeah it's the same for me really oh man i thought i was hoping one of us would know it well <laughs> no sorry so but i mean i'll say this i've gotten away with that for this long you yeah, know, it, if you know the first six, like, and you improvise the last three, you're you're probably gonna make it. You know, you're in pretty good shape. So, yeah, I mean, there's tutorial videos out there on how to do the script, um, like the the you know that NMG runners uh, really kind of were the ones that were the trailblazers on this because this is the way you will fight blind if you are a no major glitches runner. But um, yeah, I would say that as long as you've get the first six hits in with the script, you'll probably be fine. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll see if we can find. I think there's like a, a GIF floating around of this entire fight. Like that's how short it is. That like somebody somebody made that. So oh, I'll yeah, see if I'm I can sure. track that down. Yeah, and, and if you know that. if you're trying to find good tutorials on it, you can. You don't need to find rando specific tutorials. The no major glitches folks can help you out too. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and call this one finished. Uh, real quick, we should talk about Go Mode. It's not very different. This is not like a very fun or exciting one when it comes to Go Mode, like maybe Swamp Palaces. Um, basically, you know, you're just going to hunt for that big key in the f first four chests. But once you find it, you know, you can stop your hunt and then head up to the, the big, you know, the, the big key door. Um, uh, after that, really, I mean, you still have to go down and you still have to go up to the attic and bomb that um, floor. You still have to go get the maiden. So you're doing a lot of it pretty much the same. You know, obviously, you're not going to go need to check the big chest because um, you're not looking for items. So that'll save you a little bit of time. You're not going to go up and back down for that hint, probably, you know, so just little things. Yeah. But overall, you're pretty much doing the whole dungeon again. So that's go mode. Is there anything else we want to say about Thieves Town, guys? Um. Uh... I think we covered it pretty thoroughly. Yeah, talking deaths on blind, because the difficulty does increase if you die one time, I would say if you come in, let's say you come in with like kind of a low health or, or green mail or something like that, and you take a death, more so than any other boss, I would really con seriously consider coming back and doing this later, Be especially if you don't think you've got the skill to dodge all those hits or you don't have enough health because you will i and i have done this i have actually played an inverted seed where i had to do this with three hearts green mail and a hammer and mm. i mean it's it's hard mm -hmm. it's legitimately hard so if you don't have to do that uh really seriously consider going elsewhere because doing the fight off script is not easy yeah. yeah, I would I would absolutely agree with that. And again, you know, when you do the dungeon the first time, you set everything up. And it's not that, it doesn't take that long to come try again. So 
you know, considering throughout your run how many times you're probably going to find yourself in the Village of Outcast area, or at the very least Kakariko area, it's not going to take too long to just dip back in here and finish what you started when you've got five or six more hearts or maybe some better mail or, you know, a sword instead of just hammer like you had before. Um, you know, it can also make sense to, if you are just item hunting, see this thing all the way through and just leave it and maybe you don't even have to come back you know say if this is a pendant dungeon um but you do have the option if you wanted to so you know coming here when you have half a heart and just allowing yourself to pretty much die right away is not that bad because at least you know you'll have it later if you need it so yep. good point um i think that wraps it up yeah 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 all right we did it Yay. Yay. All right, <laughs> cool. Okay, so we are running sort of long, but uh, let's go ahead and take care of some housekeeping things. Um, we do not have any fetch questions to read this time, um, but I did want to take a moment and look at some of the random resolutions that people had submitted to us on our Discord. Mm -hmm. um, there, were, there were a lot of, yeah, there were a lot of uh, good ones here. There were a few folks who were saying uh, they want to try to play some more NMG. We were just talking about um, you know, with the blind fight, uh, a lot of the skills that you develop in just a regular speed run of the game, um, sans glitches, are the kind of skills that you use in rando. So being good at that is, is going to make you better at rando. So that's, that's great rando resolution. Um, let's see, what, what else do we have in here, guys? Uh, we have uh, not getting upset about rando, which I think is great. You know, there should be something that everybody enjoys and is having a good time. And if you're not having a good time, you know, you don't need to do it. You can take a break. You can, you know, this is not your uh, your life. So it should be something you're always enjoying. So I really like that resolution. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. There were a few um, throughout, and, and one of mine also were, were time-related. I think that's great. I think that's very obtainable. It, it, you just keep in mind that's going to be a mixture of execution and playing more because you just never know what kind of role you're going to get. Um, you know, in terms of where your crystals and pendants and things like that are going to be. But I love people saying, you know, I'm going to get a sub 230. I'm going to get a sub 2. I'm going to get a sub 130. You know, whatever your personal goal is, I think that's, you know, that's just a really easy, relatable way, like we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, to kind of grade, you know, your skill. Like when you start to see those, those lower times, that's, that's something you can, you know, kind of hang your hat on. So um, those are great resolutions, too. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I saw another great one um, that was, I think, from some from uh, someone who said, you know, I'm going to try to do a community race at least once a month. Um, and, you know, maybe I don't, I don't really have a lot of time for rando, but I think it's a, a good way to, you know, integrate myself more to the community and get to know people. I think that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. So um, when this episode goes up, it'll be mid-January, but I don't think that's too late at all. If you want to declare a rando resolution, uh, you can feel free to join us on our Discord. We'll put a link to that in the description. And uh, we've got a channel set up so you can talk about them and you know post them in there. And we'll maybe even hold some folks accountable and come back uh, you know, in, in March or April. <laughs> hey, hey how, how you doing on that spooky glitch? Did you learn that yet? You know, uh -huh. so. Yeah, so, so come on in and share that. Uh, you can also do that on Twitter, and you can find us on Twitter at GoModePodcast. You can use hashtag rando resolutions or just comment, you know, tweet it at us however you want to get that to us. But, um, yeah, I thought that was fun and, and kind of a good way for all of us to, you know, make sure we're actively improving at this at this hobby because I think there's more joy to be found out of it when you're, you know, when you're doing better. So, very cool. 
Um, I think that is going to pretty much wrap it up for us as far as I can tell. Um, I've mentioned our Discord and our Twitter. Uh, you can also send us emails if you have questions for us. Email at gomodepodcast.com is a good way to get in touch with us. Um, speaking of getting in touch with us, Axe, how can people get in touch with you? Well, you can go on the Discord and leave a rando resolution, and I will read it and comment and maybe put a fun little reaction on, you know. Um, some <laughs> Trinex said that uh, he was going to play more NMG, and people left a fire rod and ice rod comment, or little <laughs> reaction, which I thought was cute. Um, but yeah, if you're not wanting to do that, I hopefully, maybe maybe not this you know, by the time you guys are hearing this, hopefully I'm back in the rando swing of things. And you can find me on Twitch at SA underscore Axial. Okay. What about you, Herfy? Yeah, of course. You can also find me in the Go Mode podcast Discord. I'll be hanging around saying stupid things, the the stuff that I do. Uh, and you can find me on uh, my channel on Twitch, with uh, which is uh, twitch.tv slash Derfy. I've been uh, streaming some Jackbox with a couple of friends, which has been a lot of fun. There's been a ton of rando and, unfortunately, I guess for the viewers, a ton of inside jokes, but we've laughed a lot. <laughs> yeah, the Jackbox and, games are, are really fun to watch. I yeah. agree. Uh, they're, they're a really good time. And uh, I've been streaming some of my PS4 gameplay, which, unfortunately, is just the gameplay, no cam or a microphone, because I don't have a cam for my PS4, and I don't have... I don't yet have a microphone that I can plug into my controller, but yeah, I've been I've been streaming some some things. Uh, unfortunately, not really rando related, but if you if you want to check it out, feel free to check in. That's all good. Um, yeah, I actually have been my my last few seeds that I've done I've done offline just because I felt like you know I I did maybe didn't want to be talking the whole time or I knew I was going to have to take a break in the middle and I thought that wouldn't necessarily be great to watch. So I've been doing some offline, but you know, I'm sure at some point I'll be back uh, doing a little bit more streaming of my rando, um, which is pretty much if I'm going to stream, it's, it's just all randomizers. So that's uh, twitch.tv slash temp underscore, um, you know, set up, set up your email notifications. If you see them, you know, pop in and you know, give me advice. I, I promise I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it well. So, um, cool. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Go Mode Podcast. Uh, and thank you so much for, uh, I recently posted something on Twitter and in the Discord, but we just recently passed 10,000 downloads of Go Mode ep- uh, Podcast episodes. So, yay. Yeah. That's really really crazy. That's I know. Really it's crazy. crazy. It's, 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 uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't you. know how else to describe it. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, thank crazy. you. Thank you, yeah. thank you for listening, everybody out there. You all are wonderful, awesome people. Yeah, and one more reminder, just, you know, I personally don't listen to a podcast unless at least one other person tells me about it and tells me that it's good. So, you know, if you enjoy this, maybe tell tell a friend about it who's into Rando or someone you're trying to get into Rando and, you know, help spread the word. That's that's yeah. really helpful to us. You know? Tell your mom, really helps. tell your grandma, tell your uh, grandma to listen to Go Mode Podcast about Link to the Past <laughs> Randomizer. And sure. if you have not told your dad yet, then I don't know what what are you doing? Like yeah, you gotta tell really, your dad. It's about <laughs> time. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Uh, signing off. Let's go ahead and mirror out.